if you ache for truth, goodness, and beauty, if you're hungry for a Christianity with substance and strength, if you long for a faith that's big and bold and biblical and all about Jesus Christ, if you're inspired by the idea of one church that has spanned 20 centuries, 24 time zones, and two hemispheres, enfolding every race, nation, and language, then you're considering Catholicism. My Protestant friend Ed and I recently had a long conversation about whether we can be sure that we are saved and the comfort that that salvation brings. Ed is working through some of the same questions that I had many years ago when I was considering Catholicism. So we sat down one afternoon and had this long conversation about anxiety versus comfort, the fear of losing our salvation, and the practical benefits that it brings to this life, not just the next. I've broken this up into three episodes, a sort of mini-series. In the previous installment, we compared the anxiety that is sort of structurally built into Protestantism to the comfort that the more apostolic and sacramental character of Catholicism offers. In this installment, Ed starts by asking about an earlier episode of this podcast, episode 34, What Does It Mean to Be Catholic?, in which I compared the church to a solar system. You can find it in the archives. Ed wondered, can I ever fall out of orbit into deep space? In other words, can I lose my salvation? He's troubled by this because he's gotten so many confusing and contradictory answers within Protestantism. After you listen to our conversation, follow up by listening to the third installment of this miniseries, in which we discuss the practical benefits of living the Catholic life. Welcome to Church Chats with Greg and Ed, where Greg and his Protestant friend Ed chat about the church. Uh, here's an important question. Oh, uh, good. I was hoping this that is you would ask me this, some unimportant this questions. This question is so important it was actually in the Bible. Oh. Uh, somebody asked Jesus, what must I do to be saved? Yeah. Okay. In your last, well, not your last podcast, I just listened to the podcast about the Catholic Church, you likening it to uh, the solar system and the right. planets orbiting and all this stuff. Okay. So <clears throat> my question is, where in that system do I orbit out? of eternal life. Um, and can I, is that a step by, you know, uh, because that's the question that as a Protestant, um, the whole plan as a Protestant is basically summed up into asking Jesus into your heart. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, that's what, in the Baptist church, that's what I was prompted to do. Right. Uh, praying the sinner's prayer, um, and, and so forth. and. And then your ticket's punched. Yep. I mean, I just heard somebody, a pastor at church, use that term, that <laughs> phrase. All you have to do is believe, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. He, John 3, 16. Right. That's it. You're done. Your ticket's punched. You're in. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Um, and that just doesn't. So, so we, we talked in the previous podcast about anxiety. Well, there's, you know, there's an anxiety uh, uh, inducing thing in me. Uh, uh, Did I mean it? Did I really feel it? Did I, did it take, exactly. (laughs) Did it take? And, and so I have finally stopped worrying about that all my life, but I would like 
so 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 in the Catholic Church, then, mm-hmm. um, are you? Uh, I would like to know more. Are are you? You said once you're baptized, and and uh, and, and confirmed or whatever, then you're you know you're in the Catholic Church. Then, yeah. You can, well, you're and, a baptized and confirmed member of the Catholic Church. Does that mean you are Catholic? Does that mean right? But does that mean that you get to heaven? Did you get to heaven? Does that mean you're saved? Does that mean right. I know I'm throwing around loose no, terms no, no, here, but no. those are good questions. That, that's what I want to know. Right. Is uh, I understand the getting closer and closer to the center thing. That's easy to understand. Uh, but as specifically as it as it applies to getting further and further get, out, further <laughs> further out. Yeah. Is there some point where I break free and I'm yeah. out? You know. Okay. So your your question contains actually, I think several sub questions so let's tackle those one at a time the first i think uh, the sub question is this can i lose my salvation is it possible for somebody who is saved once saved to lose their salvation okay can you undo to when you said the guy said well i got my ticket punch so uh, you know I'm, i'm good well i don't know so so how we get saved is clear. We get saved by faith, and then it's marked by the signs of baptism and confirmation or profession of faith. I mean, all Christian denominations um, uh, utilize those, right. right? So in every Christian denomination, there's, there's baptism, right. and, and there's confirmation or profession of faith, and the sequence of those gets jumbled about depending on your theology, whether you're you profess your faith first and then get baptized or you get baptized and then grow up and get and confirm your faith or whatever. But, but everybody recognizes that there's these sort of two components. And that is, is that you, um, accept Christ, profess Christ, confirm the faith in Christ and that the church in a sense marks you with baptism, right? I mean, every Christian denomination has those two elements in some way, shape or form, right? Right. But here's the thing. Once that happens, once you have been professed your faith in Christ, truly, and been marked by baptism, whether those happened, in what order those happened, are you always saved? Are you in? Right. Can it ever get undone? Right? Right. Now, and I think in our previous episode or the previous conversation we had, I'm not sure what sequence is going to be released uh, on the podcast, but in our last conversation, we were talking about the anxiety that one feels. And, right. and, and in that, we, we were talking about the, the, all the different Protestant denominations and how their theologies are also different from one another, you know, and that you say, well, you know, scripture is supposed to be, is totally clear and it's perfectly obvious from scripture, sola scriptura, the priesthood of all believers, the perspicuity of scripture. And yet there's no consensus among Protestants about any of this. So Calvinism, okay, and, and or which is some called, at times called reformed theology. Right. Calvinism says that once saved, you're always saved. In fact, Calvinism has this acronym by which you remember the five points of Calvinist theology. Uh, I know this. Tulip. Right. Right. Uh, so it's T-U-L-I-P, tulip, right. which is the five points of Calvinist theology. I won't come up. But right. the P in that tulip is called perseverance of the saints. And what that means is that once we are saved, 
we'll always be saved. And the logic to that is like, you know, Jesus will not lose a member of his flock. Once you're a member of his flock, you can't ever be lost from his flock. All the little ones you have given me, Father, I will guarantee them the end. Of course, you have constant anxiety about whether you're really a member of his flock, right? And that's <laughs> right. the anxiety of Calvinism. Like, am I one of the elect? Am I really in? But they have a theology that says once you're really in, and of course, you, you, know, you stress about whether you're in, you can't ever get out, right? But not all Protestants agree with that. So Martin Luther did not agree with perseverance of the saints. Okay, and Lutherans do not agree with that. Non-Calvinists don't agree. And, Cal- and so anyway, among Protestant denominations, there's this whole wide plethora. The guy who t- told you you can get your ticket punched and you're always in, I've heard that. Right. You've heard that. I've heard you know, guys stand up there at some non-denominational church and go, man, once you, John 3, 16, once you accept them in faith, you're in, man, you're in. It's, you're just in. And you go, well, what if I go out and I like, you know, commit 200 serial murders or something like that? Right. It's like, well, you know, God's just going to forgive you. And I go, well, that doesn't even seem right. Like, that seems weird. Like, what if I walk away from Jesus? What if I go become a Satanist, you know? Right. Right. So. So there's this multiplicity of views within Christianity, within Protestantism, about whether once you're saved, you're always saved. So you're framing this question, what does Catholicism teach? But I wanted to give that background, okay? Catholicism does not agree with Calvinism. Catholicism does not agree that uh, once saved, always saved, okay? You can lose your salvation. Um. In Catholicism, there are mortal and venial sins, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, m- mortal sins, and I'm not going to go real deep into the whole uh, theology on this, but mortal sins are exactly what they sound like, like mortal. You know, they, they, they separate us uh, from God's grace, you know, like, you're mo- like a mortal wound, right? right? Or you're mortally ill. They, they threaten to kill the life of God, the, the new life of God within us. Um, I, I think it might help to think of mortal sins not so much as God's rejection of us, but our rejection of God. Mm-hmm. When we commit mortal sins, in a sense, we, we, we push God out of our life. Uh, C.S. Lewis famously had this line where he said that in the end, on the last day, the day of judgment, there will only be two kinds of people. There will be those who uh, bend their knee and say to God, thy will, thy will be done. And those to whom God sadly says, thy will be done. Right. Those who have turned away from him and rejected him. And in a sense, you know, there are, I suppose there are mortal sins where someone like consciously says, I reject God. You know, I renounce my faith. I apostatize, which you can do. Like you can be a baptized and confirmed Catholic and people have done that and then rejected their faith, rejected Christ, you know, apostatized. But really, when you think of mortal sins, in some way, we're, we do that a little bit every time we commit a mortal sin. We, we push God out of our life. We push back on him. We, right. we, re, we, in a sense, reject him. We may not think of it that way. You know, I used to say when I was a Protestant pastor all the time uh, that, you know, when someone would come in, and I'm, you know, of course, obviously not a Catholic priest, so I don't do confessions, but I certainly heard a lot of people confess, so to speak, quote unquote, right. uh, share, uh, with me as a, as a pastor, when someone would say like, well, I had an affair, you know, I had, a I had extramarital relations with this right. woman who was not my wife in this hotel room. 
right? Cheated on my wife. And so it was a one-time thing. And you go, well, hold on a second. If you think about the entire sequence of events that right. it took for you to end up in that hotel room, right? Right. There were like 20 steps on right, that, right, 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 on that right. thing. And yeah. every one of those steps, it was like you crashed through the, the door right. and went down the hall to the next crash door and right. crashed through that one, right? You had inappropriate conversations with the woman. You right. made an appointment to meet her. You reserved right. the hotel room or whatever it is. You, right. you got in the car and drove there. And every one of those points almost was like a, a, a rejection of God or at least of God, in a sense, his, his, his moral law in your life. You know, you right. pushed back. So mortal sins uh, do separate us from God. And, you know, it's not my place or your place or anybody's place to sort of assess how much of your mor- how big do your mortal sins have to be before a God? Right. You know, you ultimately sort of like uh, spiral out of the orbit right. into deep space and lose your salvation. But we need to know that that's a, a danger. Right. Okay. That's right. a danger that the church warns against. That's a danger that Jesus warns against, that the New Testament warns against, that the church has always warned against. There will be those, you know. Who uh, Jesus says in the sh- parable, the sheep and the goats, you know, it was on the last day, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? And didn't we do this? And didn't we do right. that? And yet get away from me. I never knew you or whatever. So, so, okay. That's the third thing. It is possible to use your salvation. Number two, second question contained in your big question is I think this, if I commit mortal sins, is it just game over? Right? Like video right. game over, eh, you know, till, right. Right. uh, uh, and the answer to that, so if I, if I go out and I commit a mortal sin or a sequence of mortal sins, have I lost my salvation irredeemably, irrecoverably? And the answer is no, because that's why God gave us the sacrament of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, I went to confession a few days ago and I went in and I had an examination of my conscience, which is what you do prior right. to going in. You you know, and there's different ones that you can look at. You can go through the 10 commandments and go, well, how have I done? Right. You know, commandment six right. and commandment seven, eight, nine, ten, right? And you kind of go through that or there's different schemes to, 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 to sort of examine your conscience, but you go through that and you kind of think, well, yeah, and you kind of come up with those things where you feel like they were sort of mortal, mortal sins uh, that you've committed. And I go and I confess them and, and I make an act of contrition and I received absolution. Right. And so in that, uh, there, we can lose our salvation, but uh, our mortal sins can separate us from God, but the sacrament of reconciliation can reconcile with them. Okay. Right. Third question that I think is contained in your big question is this, can it really be that easy? So if I go out and do terrible things, lead a terrible life, I'm, I'm like Genghis Khan right, or, right, right. Right, or Adolf Hitler. And can, could, could Hitler just you know, do a five minute confession on his deathbed. Right. And then it's, it's just like, well, that was, oh yeah. Forget about the 6 million Jews in the Holocaust. Right. right? Like, Oops. Sorry. Yeah. Right. It, it can't be that easy. Right. And it, it, you can't just be hunky dory. Well, this is where it gets a, just a, man, a tad more complicated. Okay. So let's come back to that model of the solar system. Right. I, I I think that most Protestants have a, what I would say is a binary model of salvation. Yeah. And that's why I said at the end of that episode that this was a, a Catholic model of the church, not necessarily a Protestant model, because I right. think they do have a binary model. There's 
the saved and the unsaved. Right. There's the saints and there's the sinners. There's the, there's heaven and there's hell. And there's nothing in between those. You're either in one or in the other. Um, but Catholicism preserves this biblical principle um, called by various names, but generally by the name of purgation. Purgation. Okay. So you purge something. Okay. Okay. So where that comes from is, is multiple references in scripture that we must be washed clean. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like at the very end of uh, the book of Revelation, Revelation 22, it says no one will enter into the, you know, the new Jerusalem unless their robes are washed white. Right. At the end of the day, it's one thing to say that you can get into the, that, that you're saved. It's another thing to say that you've been made holy, that you've been sanctified. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference between saying, I've, I've, I've been accepted into the citizenship of the kingdom of God, but I have a lot of, a lot of things about me that, that aren't right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I still have all these tendencies and these shortcomings and these faults. And this is, like I said, Protestants like, don't have a conceptual category for this. Because right. you're either saved or not saved. You pray John 3.16, accept Jesus in your heart, you come down on the altar car, and it's done. You're, it's over. It's f- f- finished. You're in. But the re- reality is, is I can love God. I can be baptized and confirmed. I can obey. I can go to Mass. I can actually do all those things. I can die a good Catholic death with, you know. Right. But I also can go, you know, I'm, as, at the time of my death, I just, there was, an, there was a lot of imperfection in me. And again, I could come up with a numerous scripture references that, you know, Jesus says you must be made perfect uh, unless you, your, your robes have been washed. I mean, God wants us, for us to be able to enjoy the Holy Trinity, what Catholicism calls the beatific vision, right. to, to, to be there. What happens when I die and I'm, I'm, I've done all the things, God's accepted me, but I'm just, I'm just still kind of you know, a mess of, it's, it's not that Christ hasn't paid for my, right? I mean, this right. is what, this is where Protestants would be saying, oh, you know, Jesus washed you, you, you don't, uh, you know, when you get there, they, God doesn't regard your imperfections. He just, you know, looks at the perfection of Christ right. and lets you in. I go, well, hold on a second. I want to be a citizen of that new Jerusalem. And, and the truth is, is that I'm still just kind of a, a mess of, I have all these tendencies, um, all of these things about me that weaknesses. And how do I, how do I improve those? Right. Right. So, so this is where uh, the concept of purgatory comes in. Right. And that there is this period. Now it may be time related, and 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 some people say time. Is not really the way to think of it, but it's a process right. by which God perfects me. I will be perfected by God either in this life or in the next. God is going to make me perfect. Now, you took this course with me last year through Lane uh, where we walked through the Divine Comedy of right. Dante. And you remember that the middle section of that is Purgatorio, yep. where Dante encountered all of these people who were saved, but but as he walked up Mount Purgatory, these were people who, in a sense, had some things that needed to be yeah. worked out right. before they were really ent- ready to enter um, paradise. And, I, you know, we made the point in that, that everybody in Purgatory, everybody on that, 
will get to the top of Mount Purgatory into the into paradise, you know, in Dante's scheme. Right. Everybody will do it, but it's going to take time. Mm-hmm. In fact, if you remember what Dante makes this interesting point that that hell and heaven are eternal realities and purgatory is a temporal reality. In other mm-hmm. words, when Christ returns and makes all things new, there will be no purgatory anymore. Like it's, it's a, it's something that, that will be, right. that we must be worked out before the last things. But so there is this, this sense in which uh, that's true. Now, let me just say this. Um, let's come back to your original question um, or questions. Can you lose your salvation? Should be, you be anxious about that? Well, you know, you should monitor your heart. Right. <laughs> you, we really better honor our heart because even with the sacraments of signs of grace, um, they assume that we approach the sacraments with, with true faith and penitence. And, and so we do examinations. You should do a periodic examination of conscience, um, whether that's once a month or once a quarter or once a year or once a week or whatever, and go to, go, go to conf- can go and confess and be reconciled in the sacrament right. of reconciliation. And, and you should guard your heart against the deceits of Satan and against false teachers and the spirits of Antichrist in this world and against apostasy. And, and, and we should be ready and prepared and, and, and stand fast in times of testing and persecution because they, I'll tell you, they are going to come um, and, and, and many will be deceived. Jesus promises that. Right. Uh, I, think, I think of Matthew chapter 7, where uh, Jesus says, enter through the narrow gate. Remember this? Right. He says, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through that. So it's easy to go to hell. Right. He says, but, the gate, uh, the, but small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life. And, you know, it's easy to find your way to hell. Right. It, it, you, you need to guard your heart and work to heaven. And then Paul says in Philippians 2, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Right. Grow in sanctification. Um, in the solar system model I gave you, you want to try to go deeper in. Right. You know, the greatest tragedy in life is to have never been a saint. Right. And, and so in some sense, you know, can you spiral out into deep space? Uh, right. You can. Don't. Well, it seems illogical to me that... Work hard not to. You know, that Jesus came, said he came to call the sinners to repent, repentance and not the righteous. And that... The whole point is to move you from being a sinner to not being a sinner. Right. And then to say, but I just really don't care if you, if you, if you do or do not become a sinner. You just got to say the prayer and believe it and then everything's fine. That sort of makes a fool out of God. And, and we, yeah. all, we both know that's not true. Right. So, you know, um, what, would be the, what would be the point of all that if uh, God could just make you if if you could just go on sinning, I mean, no Protestant yeah. would would agree with that. And but yet, right. in a sense, I feel like that's what they're saying. Well, in, in a sense, it depends. Like I said, there is no single Protestant theology. Right. Right. This is something we've talked about before, and I know Corey and I've talked about that in some of the episodes with Corey, and, and that is that you know Protestantism, for all practical purposes, just means any Christian denomination that's not Catholic, that's not Catholic and is less right. than five hundred year old. You know, uh, or not Catholic or Greek Orthodox and is less than 500 years old. And and so, you know, Catholics think of, they get asked all the time, like, well, what do do Protestants teach? I don't know. It's like saying, 
what do Europeans right. do or Asians? You know, there's right. like 40 countries in Europe and they all have different languages right. and everything else. And there's like, I don't know, 50 countries in Asia or whatever. Right. And I don't, I don't know. What do Protestants, they're all over the board. You and I talked about that in the last episode. There's no consistency. So, you know, I don't know really. It depends. Protestants are all over the board on this. Some say you can lose your salvation. Some say not. Some say this. Some say that. And it, and then it creates what you talked about in the last episode, that anxiety. is like, I don't know what's right. true. And, and these guys are telling me one thing and these guys are telling me the other. And I'm supposed to look at the Bible and it's all supposed to be obvious, but it isn't. Well, the Catholic Church, Holy Mother Church tells you based on the Bible, based on the teachings of the apostles, right. handle down the consistent three through the church of the ages, you know, that, that these are the truths uh, with regard to it. And, and we do need to work out, as Paul says in Philippians 2.12, uh, work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And that is not, I mean, that's Paul saying that. That's not works theology. We don't earn our salvation, but right. Christ offers it to us, and then we have to take that ball and run with it to some right. degree, right? Right. Well, so there's this story of a, of a, of a, an analogy of a, 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 a woman, a wealthy woman who wants to hire a driver for her horse team, her team of horses to drive a very, to, 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 to move a very, very valuable object down, down the mountain. And so she's auditioning drivers to drive her team of six horses and this <laughs> carriage, this, this wagon, right? And the first guy goes out and to show his skill, He's rocketing down the mountain, way right. He's right on the outside, right. He's 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 an inch from the edge, just to show how much control he has. And then another guy, the next guy comes along, and he goes about one mile an hour, and he hugs the inside, and the and the and the woman hires the second guy. And the first guy says, why did you hire him? Didn't I show how much skill I had? And she said, I'm not interested in somebody who can see how close to the edge they can come. I'm interested in somebody who can get me safely down the mountain, get my stuff safely down the mountain. And that's what I think of uh, why, if you ask the question, if you're asking, I know I asked it in the first place, but if you're asking the question, uh, is it possible for me to lose my salvation? <laughs> it's what you're really asking is how close to the edge can I come? Can I still do all these things? And that's, and that yeah. betrays well, a lack of, uh, uh, seriousness, you know, seriousness. Well, look, I mean, Paul says this in, in second Timothy, as he nears the end of his life, he said, you know, um, uh, you know, I want to run the race, you know, now I've run the race, fight the fight, you know, right. uh, kept, kept the faith. Uh, now there is stored up for me in, in, you know, crown of righteousness. And he encourages Timothy, you know, stay the straight road, you know, do right. these things, finish the race that's laid out for you. Um, I, I think, you know, it is, it is a journey. Uh, there's an analogy that sometimes gets used uh, where you say, it's almost like you're going to, I know you've run some 10 Ks and half marathons and all these kinds of riverbank runs, or whatever, where you say, okay, I'm going to run in the, you know, this big marathon or something, the Boston marathon. And you go, Christ has paid your entry fee. Right. He's given you the shoes and the shirt and the, you know, right. whole nine yards, given you your bib number, puts you on the starting line and says now, but you, you still have to run the race. Right. Uh, you know, Paul says at one point in one of his letters that, um, I, I did not want to be disqualified or, you know, I, I want to be true and faithful because so having preached to others, I do not be found, found short right. and, and be disqualified myself. How would it, ridiculous would be if Paul ran around preaching to everybody, but didn't, get, you know, complete right. the race himself. And so I think that there's some truth that, you know, Christ, we don't earn our salvation, but we follow through on it. 
Right. And you can fail to follow through. But, but I think the thing is, if, if, if you are faithful, if I'm faithful, we need to know that he, Christ, is more faithful and that the good shepherd will protect his flock. Um, he wants to be there helping you along. Um, and so we pray and we ask for the intercessions of the saints. You and I were talking offline a little bit because you, about the rosary because you're starting to experiment with that a little bit. And, um, you know, there's the last line of the Hail Mary, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. I need that right down to the very end. Right. Pray for me, you know, right. now and the hour. And another prayer that you don't, I think, know yet, which is the Salve Regina, the Hail Holy Queen. And the last line of that is, um, pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we, may meet, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Right. And there's an acknowledgement there that says, the promises of Christ have been given to me. Uh, right. Christ has died on the cross, risen again by faith. That's given to me, but I need to be made worthy of those promises mm-hmm. and I need to be, you know, faithful and, 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 uh, to the end yeah. to continue to cling to them. And, and so I, I, and no, you know, I need to know that in this life or the next, I'm going to be made worthy and I'm eventually going to stand before, you know, the Holy Trinity, uh, and enjoy the beatific vision. But, uh, yeah, there, I, I, I must run the race, be faithful, fight the fight and be found in the end. Having, having done that, there is, as Paul says in second Timothy, a, a crown of righteousness for me. So to answer your question, you know, in the, the universe, the solar system model I gave, um, that really was a model of the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I intended it to be a model of the church. What, what does it mean to be Catholic? Well, those are all the things. But can you spiral out? Can you wander out of the orbit of the church? Yes. Unfortunately, if you wander out of the orbit of the church, you may still be a baptized and confirmed Catholic who's wandered away and wandered right. into sin. And it's a sad thing. Um, so, so salvation means going in just because you're baptized and confirmed. It's like that analogy about running the 10K or the Boston Marathon. You're in there. Now you need to keep moving inward. Keep moving. Yeah. I love that at the end of the Chronicles of Narnia in uh, the last battle where yeah. Aslan, they get to Aslan's country and he says, keep going higher up and deeper in, higher up and deeper in. Don't stop. Keep moving. Right. Higher up and deeper in. Keep, keep moving higher up and deeper in. He's gotten you there. Move higher up and deeper in. Don't wander out. And if you're not interested in going higher up and deeper in, then the question is, what are you interested in? What are you here for? Yeah. Well, what are you that's, doing? Right. That's apathy. Right. You know, and that's where the promises of Christ have been given you, to you and you haven't uh, appropriated them. Right. You know, um, you know, Christ has put you on the, the starting line of the Boston Marathon with shoes and a shirt and a bib number and everything else. Right. And then the gun goes off and you just, you know, wander over to the hot dog cart. Right. Right. And, you know. And, right. and, and wander into the, you know, you stop running and, and stop in the first, you know, pub you see along the way and start, you know, drinking right. beer and everyone else keeps running the race. And unfortunately you can, and people do do that. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, the good news is that he'll come and drag you out and get you back on the course and say, keep moving. Yeah. yeah. Good discussion. Okay. Good well, stuff, man. Okay. Thanks, Ed. Thank you for listening. My name is Greg Smith. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, would you please hit the like and subscribe buttons wherever you get your podcasts? 
and please share it with others. And if you're curious about the Catholic worldview and faith, the Church and its saints, or Catholic history, culture, and art, then visit consideringcatholicism.com. And email me to let me know what you think. Greg at consideringcatholicism.com.